Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. Why don't you open your Bibles with me to Romans 7. Verse 6, I'm going to start at. And I've had this on my heart for, well, actually just the last two days. I've been looking at what time we're in because God is teaching me about prosperity and about his cycle of always being blessed, not just trying to break through into it, but being blessed every day. And as I've been doing that, he's taken me back to really the beginning of my walk in the spirit. And uh, Romans 7 See? <laughs> I can't. Nobody's up there. Romans 7, verse 6. And he's taking me right back to my beginnings of my walk in the Spirit because there is a walk in life. Let's have a word of prayer as we just begin and ask the Holy Spirit to really illuminate us. We ask for your help, Holy Spirit. You are the intercessor, you are the illuminator, you are the teacher. We yield ourselves to you to hear, to listen, to obey, to be prompted by you with that which is important in the name of Jesus Christ. And we just say thank you. And first, you just prompted me to shut this window. I was going to do it when you were receiving the offering or something, and it was a siren going by. I wasn't obedient. I didn't want to stand up in front of all of you. But anyway, Lord, we thank you. So what happened to me in 1978, I was in Norfolk in a suitable situation in Norfolk mindset. And uh, I just kept feeling deep down on the inside of me, I've got to get to L.A. Now, that didn't really make sense to me. I'd been to Los Angeles two or three times before. I was back in Norfolk. I had an 18-month-year-old, two, no, he must have been about three then, year old little son, Jamie, who's he's a big boy now. I started very young. But anyway, I was there living in Norfolk. I was at home with mum. I never thought I'd be in my 30s. And I'd be back home. I didn't plan that. I didn't ever plan to be a single parent. That wasn't in my plan. My plan was just to go from victory to victory to victory in everything I did. So I always stuck my neck out to go places where I thought it would suit me or be suitable for me. I'd position myself in places that would be suitable for my future benefit. But then I'd get there and find, oh, I'm not supposed to be there. So this was the first time in my life I made the decision, I'm going to follow my heart. How many of you are here for the first time? Is anybody here for the first time? Wave at me, one person. Well, we are a people who are learning to follow our heart. We are worshipping warriors, we overcome death, we overcome defeat, we overcome whatever challenges come because we know that God is with us. Hey, that's what we do. So that's where you are this morning. So I found myself in this place where, you know, for the first time in my life, I've got to really follow my heart and this passion of get to Los Angeles. I didn't know why. I had no understanding. I just knew I needed to get there. And I had an argument with an old friend of mine, somebody I'd known since I was young in Norfolk, who said, what is your problem? And shook my shoulders and said, this is all there is. And I said, if this is all there is, I'm in big trouble. 
Because if what I can see is all there is to my life, it's not the way I believe. I feel there's something more. There's got to be something more. This can't be the end. This is it. I'm supposed to settle down, be happy. I couldn't settle. I couldn't find myself settled down. So this verse here, it says, Now we are discharged from the law. We have terminated all intercourse with it, having died to what once restrained and held us captive. So now we serve not under obedience to the old code of written regulations. We're not under some law, but under obedience to the promptings of the spirit in newness of life. And all I knew was on the inside of me, kept hearing Los Angeles, Los Angeles, Los Angeles. And so I had to get on a plane and go there. Now listen, I don't know if we have the message Bible. If we do, stick it up in the message. If not, I'll just read it to you. It says at the end of Romans 7, but now that we're no longer shackled. Oh, great. Now that we're no longer shackled to that domineering mate of sin. And I felt like, well, I've stepped out of my life and my circle of influence and friends around the Rolling Stones. And I don't, wanna, I don't want any of that anymore. I want what God has for me. Because when I lived down in the south of France, I remember thinking to myself, so this is it. This is all there is. We're no longer shackled to that domineering mate of sin. And out from under all those oppressive re- regulations <clears throat> and fine print, we're free to live a new life in the freedom of God. And I felt this bursting of freedom coming from within me that I just wanted to get there and see what it was. So sure enough, out of the blue, God provided a two air tickets from London to Los Angeles with a 45 day return. And I, I didn't think about where I was going to live, what I was going to do. All I knew was, yay. I hadn't expected where the blessing was coming from. I can't say where your blessings are coming from, but they're coming because God is a blesser. He's a prompt to do it giver. He's preparing you. We're in this incredible time of preparation now. The Hebraic thing I've been telling you, this is how God is prompting me and been teaching me over the last few years. The time, Elul, or however you say it, it's a time of preparation. This is a time when you make the decision where you're going to go. This is a really important time to do it. Hebraically, you why do we think Hebraically? Because God thinks Hebraically. So I want, personally, I want to be aligned with God. I want to be like him. So now let's go over to Romans 8.15. And uh, I know in the message, maybe you can do it in the message, <clears throat> 15 to 17. I was having a bad day the other day. I had a lot come bombard my mind a lot. This resurrection life you've received from God is not a timid grave tending life. I've told you before, I don't do grim. It's adventurously expecting, greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is and we know who we are, father and children. Now go to the next verse if you can. And we know we are going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the hard times with him, then we're certainly going to go through the good times with him. So I thought, well, that's really good. You know, we've just come through Chosen. We've come through some new challenges to our faith. And I thought, why am I having such a bad day, you know? And then I began to recognize again, you know, he's with me in the bad days, so he's going to be with me in the good days. So I mustn't stay focused on the bad days and the circumstances. I must just focus. We're going through this time, all right? So I just want to say that, and then I'm going to read some things about prompting. 
Because many times I think we kind of got it wrong in life. And when God began to talk to me and said, I won't leave you hanging, I got on the plane, I went to Los Angeles, I said goodbye to everybody I knew in Norfolk, my family, my friends. And I got on the plane and I said, God, this was my prayer. If you're real, I've got a 45-day ticket on my lap and my son and a couple of suitcases. I mean, that was like basically all we had. I just took some stuff. And I said, if you're real then you've got 45 days to show up and show me that you're real. And then I went to sleep. And I woke up and I heard the woman saying, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be arriving in Los Angeles at five. The time will be 5.30 there and it's 80 degrees. And I was like, yay, I was happy. I was expectant. I was free. I was a bird. I'd flown out of my cage and I'd got all that was really important with me. And that's all I knew. And I had no concern about where we were going to live, what we were going to do. And when my friend picked me up, she had a new car her husband had bought. I mean, just happened to be a pale blue Rolls Royce, which I was kind of wowed at. And there I was back in Los Angeles. And I began to pray. And I thought, well, this prayer, after about a month, I thought, I can't stay where I am. I'm taking advantage of my friend's guest house in Los Angeles. Really nice setup. But I can't take advantage. I've got to start getting a job, paying my own way, and get out there. How many of you need a job? Wave at me. Well, get out there. Get your prayer out there. And then... Start walking, start go knocking on the doors and see what doors open and make a decision in your heart. Because I'm talking about prompting this morning. I'm talking about you thinking about what are the prompts that God is giving you. Because it's really all about your heart and God. At the end of the day, all this going to church, going to conferences, doing whatever we do, it's all about God and your heart. It's your relationship with him and your relationship with others, of course, but it's about your relationship with him. You can, you can be told off, you can be put down, but you know, you can talk to God all the time and God listens. God knows you. And I remember sitting out at their swimming pool and thinking, what am I going to do? And I began to pray in first Corinthians 2.10 talks about going down searching the holy spirit examines and searches the bottomless things beyond man's scrutiny and i went out there and i meditated and i asked god what am i going to do with my life i mean come on you know here's a girl i mean let's get a grip here here's a girl who the summer before was in the south of france in the middle of the rolling stones camp now she's in los angeles you know adjustment is part of life change is part of life So I didn't, I can't tell you that I knew God was with me. I just hoped he was, you know, and I knew what things had worked in my life. And I knew one day when I was sitting in Barclay Square House around the corner here, bored stiff and just a gray, gloomy day. And I thought, God, don't you have anything for my life? And I just spontaneously got up, prompted got up, slammed my hands down on the London Evening Standard and said, God, don't you have anything? I mean, God and me used to argue a lot. Did you ever do that? Argued a lot because I didn't like the things that were happening to me and I didn't think he really liked me. So I used to argue with him because I used to say, I think I know you and I don't think this should be happening. And that used to be kind of like my relationship with him. But I used to get in situations, I'd wake up every day, be very adventurous, think what kind of adventure can I have today? Never ever occurred to me about being a loser because I knew I was born to win and I knew I was a winner. (laughs) I know I had to do that. This is the big Bakersfield L. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) So... I never, I never took time to wonder about losing. I think I still don't. That's why I do some of the things that I do. Thank God that I do. Otherwise, we wouldn't be going to Poland and we wouldn't be doing Chosen and we wouldn't be going to the barn. Yes, let there be light. Thank you. So 
I'm saying this because I want you to start thinking about the promptings that the Holy Spirit is giving you. You may just kind of think, oh, I need to be this big intercessor, but I'm not, or I need to be this big worshiper person, but I'm really not. Monday to Friday, I'm just this person. But you know, God loves you. He, he brought you into the earth with a purpose. And it behooves you to find out your purpose. It behooves you to find out what you're gifted to do, what your skill set is. I only knew a little bit. I knew I could always have a job because God had told me learn to type, which I thought was extremely boring typing. But thank God I did learn to type. And I knew I could always have a job. And I knew I could have a job with a good salary because I'd learned about executive secretarial stuff. You know, always go for the top. I don't know why sometimes we start at the bottom and hope to work our way up the stairs. Just just go to the top. You were singing that song this morning, and I just read that God sings over our mountains. I mean, I speak to my mountains. I don't sing over them. So that's new. Just, just back up a minute. All these challenges and these things that face your head, just remember who's singing over them. God is. He's your healer. He's your provider. He is so great. I just, I just love God. He's just really good. And I also love the fact that he does things by the spirit. He doesn't do things by the legalistic manner. We're set free. Like Rod said, you prove God by tithing because you prove. I mean, I remember the days when we weren't tithers. And I used to pray and be praying for it. And it used to be shocking to me to think about tithing because you never seemed to have enough to pay the bills. But then you start doing it and this confidence comes on you and this knowing comes on you that, you know, I have no way to eat. I have no way to do this, but you're asking me to give. And God just says, prove me because he's real. And we're in a time in the year cycle, the cycle of blessing, when we need to just prove who God is in our lives. You need to prove him. He's good. He's got the best. So then you say, okay, I'm going to put you on the spot like I did. You've got 45 days to show up. Well, by the time the 45 days went by, I had rented a house. I had left a couple of thousand dollars, 5,000, I think, in savings. Not a lot, just a little bit. It's not, not a lot of money. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> okay. 10,000 pounds. It's not a lot of money. Sometimes we have limits in our mind. Well, I'm only going to do this. I'm only going to think that. You know, it's all ridiculous. And, and the Holy Spirit will just prompt and prompt and prompt. I can tell you so many times in my life where God has prompted me. First, I'm just going to read this, what prompt means. Because when he started telling me about prompting, I just used to be scared of standing up in front of people, hundreds of people. When I first came back from heaven in 1978, all these doors opened, like a flood of doors opened up, and I was all over the place sharing about Jesus. People who were pastors, who'd grown tired and weary and had done their cycle of their what they knew. And I was, I was just like, but he's alive. Jesus is amazing. Are you kidding me? He'll do anything. He'll take you to places you haven't been before. He'll show himself alive. He'll, he'll bring things into your life that are inspiring. He'll continue to prompt you because he is. He knows what you have need of before you ask. All right? If we go through the hard times with him, then we're certainly going through the good times with him. If you're going through a hard time, you just say, thank you. Thank you for this hard time. I'm just going through it because I know I'm going to go through good times with you. The challenge is that often we go through good times and we forget him because we're having such a good time and we're wowing and our flesh is prompted to do more fleshly things 
buy smarter clothes or cars or houses or whatever. You know, but it's not about all of that. It's about shifting out of that whole world of bondage and moving into the freedom to pursue your dreams. So lately I've been asking God, how come my dreams seem out of reach? And what does God say? You need to persevere. (laughs) I'm like, are you kidding me? Look, how many people have done what I've done? I go through these arguments with him. And he says, hey, you need to persevere. You need your character to have a bit more perseverance in it. So I get stirred up. I get prompted again to faith. Sometimes God gives me a dream that's totally, totally off the charts. But he begins to get my thinking, if you like, get in my head. He begins to speak the truth to me in Christ. And I, I, I am reminded where I come from. I don't come from Norfolk. I'm born again. My spirit is born again. And my spirit is born from heaven. So I'm prompted to look at life from heaven. And I'm prompted to pray from heaven. And this all kind of came together when this whole kind of thing of sharing around Christian churches, which was eye-opening to me because I didn't think Christian churches would be the same as a rock group's strategy is, where there'd be groupies hanging around the altar. (laughs) Sorry, I've got to call it like it is. You know, I was in shock. And I'd I'd be sailing along with God and I'd come and sit in the back of some of these churches. And I'd watch strategy. I always, I think my dad was a strategist and I think I just, I've always loved strategy. And I've always loved the way God prompts strategy because he's just so way ahead. Like when I was driving, when I did live in LA and we did stay there, um, I would look over going home at night and I would see this fly London daily, these big billboards. We lived in El Segundo. We moved from Brentwood and went down to Laguna for a while and then came back to El Segundo. And I think, oh, no chance, no chance. I'm not going back to that rain and gloom and doom. And you've heard me share some of this before. But um, the promptings of the newness of life, I just want to get you to start to... You can't make promptings happen. I can't teach you one, two, three. Your flesh is prompted to do things. Your head is prompted to sort out whatever you think. But your spirit needs to be prompted. And I want you to just think, if, if I was to give you 100 million, and if I was to tell you you had a week to live, what would the first thing you'd be doing? What would you be found doing? You'd buy your own plane and go to America anyway? What the heck? <laughs> I don't know. You'd go down deep in your heart. You certainly wouldn't be grim. Huh? If you knew you had a week to live and you had a hundred million, you certainly wouldn't be grim. You would? Okay, I'll give you a bit more. Get rid of your grim. Okay, now I want to teach you a little, a little bit from the word. Let's go to John 5. I've been having a really good time just reading the word and not really wanting to, I don't know, share what God's been sharing with me. It's been fun. But see here in John 5.30, Jesus said, I'm able to do nothing for myself, this is the Amplified, independently of my own accord, but only as I am taught by God and as I get his orders. Even as I hear, I judge, I decide, as I am bidden to decide. As the voice comes to me, so I give a decision. And my judgment is right, just, righteous, Because I do not seek or consult my own will. 
I have no desire to do what is pleasing to myself, my own aim, my own purpose, but only the will and the pleasure of the Father who sent me. I mean, am I telling you that all these promptings that are going to come are going to be wonderful? Not necessarily. Did I... I looked at that London board and I thought, get over yourself, I'm looking the other way. And I drove home nearly every night for several weeks and I would always get a red light at that dang red light. And I would get so irritated. First of all, I didn't even like El Segundo. And secondly, I definitely didn't like the airport, that side of LAX. Forget it. So I was already had a negative perception of what I was looking at and God just kept opening the word to me I I kept in the word I kept reading the word I kept realizing okay I'm able to do nothing of myself independently of my own will but everything I do must be your will and God was see God what I'm trying to spit out is God is working a work in your heart because he's trying to get your heart opened up to think like he thinks to understand the Hebraic seasons and cycles without getting to be some weird messianic Christian person who, whatever. And uh, God was trying to deal with me and he was telling me that, you know, there would be blessings for me in London. And I just thought, (laughs) you know, you think I'm going to go back to that climate? Forget it. Now, this is a California girl now, hair nice and long and suntanned and love the Zuma Beach, love the freedom. Nobody could give a rip what school I went to or didn't go to. It was so freeing. And I went to church at the hiding place that morning and somebody came up and tapped me on the shoulder and said, you're that English girl, aren't you? And I was like, I didn't even want to open my mouth. So I was kind of like, mm trying to get away from this and they said we were just in London in Bayswater Road and we saw a guy with lanky hair and a big black leather jacket on on the back of it said no hope and I just I couldn't stop crying weeping sobbing ended up on the floor so embarrassing and I just thought how can I live in Los Angeles anymore so full of this prompting of this new life and this newness and being born again, even though my family rejected the Kenneth Hagen tapes and Kenneth Copeland tapes I was sending them and didn't like the, like I told you the other day, the accent, couldn't understand that accent, had no revelation. And I'm, I'm sending in the post, going to the post office myself in those days, posting these darn things that they didn't want them. And I couldn't understand it. All I could understand was I didn't have a right to stay in California, in Beverly Hills, and going to church and living all around there and having all my friends. I didn't have a right. I didn't have a right. I needed to come back. Now, I followed the promptings. Now, this is seven years have gone by, so now I've read the word and I'm reading the word and I've been to heaven and hell and I've been around churches and I've seen, it's not, a lot of them in those days were not that much difference to a pop concert. There was still all the people around the front and all this backstage stuff and, you know, I'd seen a bit. But promptings were happening. Um... You know, the Holy Spirit is trying to prompt many of you to do things. Simeon was prompted to go into the temple. It says prompted by the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit prompting. It's the Holy Spirit prompting you to give money. It's the Holy Spirit prompting you to reach your hand out to pray for healing for someone. I remember standing outside the bank in El Segundo and being prompted to pray for the man in front of me who was deaf. And God said, I will heal him. And I was too scared to do it. I didn't want to be, I didn't want to come out of the open. I didn't want to do it. So I didn't do it. And I always regretted it. 
I remember going to HTB years and years and years ago and feeling God all over me and God saying, touch the person in front of you and I will release my spirit. And I didn't do it. I didn't want to. Why? Because we pray for boldness, but we don't walk in it. We, we accept the responsibilities from God to put on events and do things, but then we, we, we want a bit of the glory. We want to muscle in on, this, on the act. And God says, it's my deal when I gather people. It's my deal when I shut doors. Sometimes I don't understand why. I want to say, why? And I get prompted to do something, and then it doesn't happen. And the door shut, slams shut. And I know I'm doomed now. I was expecting many things to happen five years ago that haven't happened. Can we have some honesty in here? Come on. And so you can, you can get disappointed. You can, you can take on board all kinds of thoughts, all, all kinds of condemnation. But God says, I don't want you to do that. I want you to press in. I want you to know who I am. Okay? So I used to get, in those days, prompts used to come on the side of buses, lorries. This is a prompt. What is a prompter? I was going to read it to you. Let me read it if I can even see this. It's so tiny. A prompter is like in the theater. They see you on the stage and they prompt you with the lines to keep on track. And all I, all I know is if you take the certainties in life, what has God called you to do? Me, I know he's called me to pray. Then I have enough sense to know I shouldn't pray my own prayers. I should learn to listen because God wants me to walk in the earth praying prayers that he wants prayed. <clears throat> and he gives authority in the spirit realm, because we've been talking about intercession, we've been talking about the realm of the spirit. We're talking about moving into a new realm in the spirit, the glorious realm. We're all like, think it's just going to happen, we're just going to fall in. No, there's going to be preparation. So I would find myself, this has gone on for years, in situations where I'd be asked to pray. And in front of people on microphones with cameras on and things. And talking to people, prime ministers. And I'd be put on the spot. And I had to learn and train myself to hear what was going on deeper in my heart. What the Holy Spirit was hearing. And I had to train myself to do that. And I'm not going to tell you, oh, it was just easy peasy, because it hasn't been. There have been times when I've done half of it and not all of it. But at least I keep going. And that's where the perseverance comes in. You all have a dream. A dream to see this church in a building of its own so it can do more. A dream of a recording studio. You know, sometimes I think, we have all this stuff, like right here. And then we have somebody like Graham comes. Graham Cook came four or 5,000 miles to Chosen a few years ago. And he said, I came here to tell you this, that God is good. And there are spiritual upgrades everywhere. All you have to do is rise up. All you have to do is listen to those promptings. Oh, gosh, the promptings of God, though, they're hard. They're not necessarily easy. And it is like standing on a stage when there's the prompt box in front of you. <laughs> you don't want to look at it. But, you know, the Holy Spirit is the prompter. If you read, and we were looking last night in Hebrews 11, all those amazing matriarchs were prompted in their faith, prompted by the Holy Ghost in their faith. Sometimes I'm in situations, I don't have faith. I don't have the faith. I have to get the faith for this, you know. And 
You can look at me and laugh and say, well, we thought you had lots of faith. No, I don't always have lots of faith. Sometimes I don't have 50,000 pound faith. I don't have five pound faith. It's hard to give sometimes. Other times, then suddenly I realize, I got the faith. Here we go. Here we go. We can do this. And I zoom off and I steer through the clouds, prompted by the Holy Ghost. Because when I get with the Holy Ghost alone, he prompts me. That's what he does for you. That's what he does for all of us. He's a prompter. Okay, so I just want to keep on that word because you can't make prompting happen. It's not like this is how you do it. Okay, he just has a way of doing it. You drive up about to go home and you're not thinking about it and bang, there's that darn sign that says, Virgin, fly London daily. Or you see a big truck and it says, move business class. You know, it's always bigger than you. His prompts are always more than you. Or he says, Los Angeles. And you're like, well, I don't know why you're supposed to be there. Some of you are bridge builders. Some of you just need to be faithing in the money right now to go when we go in October. Some of you need to faith in the money to go to Poland when we go. I mean, you just <laughs> don't shut it all off. Just say, I can of myself do nothing, Lord, but you. What I see you doing. Why? Because Gosha is persistent, badgering heaven to see Poland opened up. I'm badgering heaven to see the music take over of heaven. Of Australia. I'm badgering heaven. I just, I live it. I breathe it. I wake up thinking about what's going to happen today. What, what, what about renting Hyde Park? And I have to listen because God told me not to do anything until it's popular, until our songs are popular, until musicals are popular, until things happen. And I go, but this is impossible. It's impossible. I even... I even tried this week to hide from Rod that I was going to make thousands of pounds. So I invested 250 pounds in one of these dumb internet things and ended up bickering. He had to bicker for me. (laughs) But, you know, this guy told me if I invested 250 pounds to open an account that I would... um, learn how to make thousands. So I thought, that'd be good. I can do all kinds of things. I can do all kinds. I'll pay all your credit cards off and one of mine. You know, just buy stuff, buy the building, do the stuff, okay? But you know, it didn't happen. I actually lost 10 quid and we haven't, have I lost nine, I think. I don't even know I've lost whatever it is anyway. I made nine pounds and I was so excited at the barn, but now we can't get it. (laughs) Don't fall into the internet trap like I did, okay? If you want to give 250 pounds, give it to Lucy. Give it to someone who's singing a song. Do something tangible with it. Huh? I don't know why I'm telling you that, but whatever. Jeremiah 7, 24 talks about the stubborn promptings of our own evil hearts and minds. There are times when I try to help God. Huh? I do. You do too. Well, he can't do it himself, apparently, because this has been forever. And doesn't he know I'm in my 70s now and this stuff should have happened when I was in my 30s or 40s or 50s or 60s, but now it's too late. Never, 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 never. So I'm talking about promptings. Promptings. I want you to, never mind all the big stuff. What, what are you being prompted by the Lord to do? I know when I was learning about intercession 
Uh, the Lord took me to 1 Corinthians 5, 5, where it talks about a man being given over so his spirit could be saved. And I was praying for this young man, Sergio, and uh, he was doing cocaine. He lived next door. He was the son of my next-door neighbor. I didn't know that at the time Jamie, my three-year-old, had prayed with him. I didn't know he was a backslidden Christian. But I could see him in the spirit. Sometimes you get to see things. And you know that you know. Prompting is like a knowing. In fact, if you go back over to John 2, I'll just read you this bit here. John 2 verse 25. He did not need anyone to hear, to bear witness concerning what he needed. No evidence from anyone about men. For he himself knew what was in human nature. See, Jesus knows he could read men's hearts. Remember in 1 Samuel 16, 17, it says about God doesn't look on the outward. He looks on the inward. And that song was wonderful this morning. Before I was born, you were singing over me. Because when I was born, my granny put a thing in that said God's gift of a daughter, Julie. My parents didn't want another girl. They'd had two. They wanted a boy. So I always thought my identity was like messed up and I should have been a boy. And I kind of tried to be tomboyish when I was about nine or ten and had my hair cut really short and all that stuff and went through an identity crisis. You see, but what am I saying? Jesus looks down into your heart. He knows what's in there. He knows. He knows the plans he has for you. And their plans for good. The Holy Spirit will prompt you. I don't think you can actually ask him. I guess you can. I guess I never have. You know, to prompt me. But sometimes I'll be driving around and I'll see a truck. And it'll have something written on it. And it'll just jump at me. Huh? And I know. He's reminding me. He's prompting me. See, some of you have dreams of movies and big stuff and hit records and you name it big stuff another realm up here but i watched esther about a week ago and i watched her war because you know even you even need to be prompted to go to war you need to be prompted i feel like what i need to do today is to prompt you all to war for your inheritance who you really are. Never mind, the bigger the obstacles, the greater the glory. You know, it's so interesting because people always think, oh, my, my problems are bigger than you've ever had. Really? I don't think so. I think we all are given challenges to overcome. And I think the Holy Spirit will bring prompts and there's a time to say goodbye and shut the door and not to be afraid of the future. There's a time to make a decision. Holy Spirit, you can prompt me for sure. But I'm not going to be looking for prompts. I'm going to learn my lines. I'm going to read the word every day. I'm going to know when I walk in the earth, if I face poverty or strife or disease, I've got to go to you and I've got to find out what to do. And I've got to know when to war and I've got to put all the stops out. Stop feeling sorry for myself that I can't do it because I'm not alone. The one who's with me is going to bring me the provision I need, the healing I need, the strength I need. He's going to bring everything because he's the Holy Spirit of God. And things don't happen by might and power. It's by his spirit. So it behooves me to learn how to pray in the spirit. It behooves me to follow the promptings of this newness of life. Because I'm not called by God to be a loser. I'm not called by God to be defeated. I'm not called by God to keep thinking about the way it used to be. It isn't that way anymore. 
I'm the one who tells myself every day, I renew the entire renewing of my mind. And you do show up. And you will show up. And no, we're not here by accident praying for her majesty and that whole family. Are you kidding me? We're praying for the spirit of God to overflow over there and touch them wherever they are, Sandringham or Balmoral. I don't know. I don't watch the news as much as I probably could. Should, would, might, never. <laughs> I'm just so not, I want to know what God, I want to know more about God. And uh, so anyway, my prayer and my word for you is to please follow the promptings deep down inside you, the knowing. Sometimes I go into situations and I'm like, I have a knowing I'm supposed to be somewhere or do something. I have a knowing I'm supposed to keep going, even though it doesn't make sense, even though I believe that it may not be a blessing to me personally. It may be a struggle. It may be a stretch. I just have to know that I know. I know who I am. I know why I'm here. I know God answers prayer. I know the Holy Spirit is a prompt. He's a great prompter. I don't have to look at the buses and the cars and the things and all of that. I do my best to keep pursuing the next step by reading the word every day. And I'm always amazed because he keeps bringing me back to perseverance. (laughs) You know, a long obedience in the same direction. I haven't seen the things I want to see in England. I came back from California so full of it My sister turned off, my family turned off, my friends. I don't know where they are now. I've got new friends now. But all I'm saying is, don't worry about the things you haven't seen. Thank God for the prompts he is bringing. So we ask you, Father, in Jesus' name, to continue to help us with the clothes we buy, with the places we live with the things we do to share, to share the promptings, just to be like a Simeon, to go somewhere when we don't even necessarily know why, but to be faithful to go in the newness of life. We just thank you. We thank you that we're no longer shackled to that domineering mate of sin. I'm not shackled to that. I'm out from under the oppressive regulations and all that fine print to live a new life in the freedom of God. And Lord, I thank you for heaven. I thank you we have a place to go when we get out of here, get out of these clothes and this mantle. I thank you that every one of us can come into the throne room every day and be released to be prompted to pray, to be prompted to obey, to be prompted to do things, right things, good things, to understand, be prompted with scriptures when we're asked to pray, to to be right on the inside of us in Jesus' name. I just thank you. I thank you, Father. I thank you that when the promptings began, I wasn't born again. I just knew I had to make a change in my life and I had to follow my heart. And I pray for an anointing upon this congregation in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. They begin to follow the promptings you're giving them in their heart. Whether they understand it or not, they just know it's time to move. It's time to go over to some other place. It's time to do things differently. We thank you and praise you, Father. We're just not going to be fear-filled in the name of Jesus, but we are going to worship you. We are going to listen to you during this performance of our lives. And we thank you that we're going to be freed up 
as never before, to be led by the Spirit, to be gifted by the Spirit, to have words for people, words of knowledge, to have miracles, to have faith, to not be stubborn and not know it all, not be know-it-alls, Lord, but be teachable. And I do pray for a real shift. Oh, in Jesus' name, a shift of stony-heartedness and hard-headed thinking. In Jesus' name. And we thank you. We're grateful. We're grateful for every person you bring into our lives to pray for. Yeah. And I keep hearing this verse. I'm just going to read you in Proverbs 16. Proverbs 16 says, The lot is cast into the lap. But the decision is holy of the Lord. Even the events that seem accidental are really ordered by him. It's not by accident you're here in England. It's not by accident you're here in this church today. It's not by accident the Holy Spirit is prompting you. He's wanting to make your character stronger on the inside of you and maybe your head is. He's wanting to help you. But none of us, none of us can be know-it-alls. Oh, I've seen him. Oh, I've been there. Oh, I've done that. Oh, I know that verse. You know what? He has another slant, the Lord. It's like when they sent the um, astronauts out into space. You know what their biggest problem was? I was reading it this morning. Their biggest problem was getting the astronaut back through the earth because it had to enter the earth realm at the right angle. It had to get through the fire and it had to come down at the right angle and land and not spin into orbit. Some, some of us have spun into orbits. We're in cycles. There are some people, they always do things at the same time and you just know it's not God. Break, break the power of cycles in your life and spinning in an orbit. God is into the new, wonderful fullness of life. And even, even the accidental things. Don't be the way you used to be. Be new. Just, just accept a new mental attitude. Holy Spirit is with us. Oh, God is with us. We receive a new anointing today, Father. We receive a new anointing. We receive it. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday.